Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Yeah, so uh, in the past couple of weeks, we were talking about how what, what Elijah did, how God used Elijah to help kind of adjust the Israelites. And it, it started out with him going to the most evil king that had happened in those 19 generations, uh, this king by the name of Ahab. Ahab uh, was an evil, wicked, queen, wicked king. He had a queen by the name of Jezebel. That was, uh, that was very wicked and evil as well. Uh, they were directing the people to worship false idols and uh, do these just terrible, terrible things, including like child sacrifice and stuff like that. These were some, some bad individuals. That's part of the reason why you don't really, I mean, you see a lot of people like name their kids out of people of the Bible. I don't know a whole lot of Jezebels. You know, that's not, there's not a lot of Jezebels in this. And if you did name your, I'm going to pray for you because that's going to be a tough Tough thing to come through. But as he, as he goes, he's, one of the things he uses to adjust them or help get their attention is he, he meets with Ahab and Jezebel. And he says, I'm going to tell you this. The Lord sent me to tell you that you're going to go through a drought for the next however many years until I say otherwise. Until God sends rain, there's not going to be a lick of rain. This is going to be a tough, tough, tough time. This is something that people, I mean, this is a survival thing unlike anything they had ever faced, right? There's this period of time where they're going to go through hardship. And, um, you know, it kind of reminded me a little bit, not that this was anything close to this, but we just went through a week of bike, bike week, right? You, how many of you guys survived bike week? A few people did a good job, right? It was tough getting around. If, you got any, if you're any bikers in the room, man, it was really tough for you, right? Because people, when you're on a motorcycle, the people around you, they drive crazy too, right? It's pretty nuts. Um, but we just got out of bike week, and now New Smyrna Beach, Volusia County, we're going into spring break, right? If that, doesn't, if that doesn't feel like a season of drought, I don't know what does. Moms, right, you're like, I got these little humans sticking around me now. I can't send them to school. I got to figure out how to entertain them and be their chef and clean up after them and all this stuff. It's, it's nutty time. But Elijah goes, and he tells them you're going to go through a season of drought. He tries to get their attention with this. And then God pulls Elijah away to work on him a little bit. And we talked a couple weeks ago about how God sometimes, even though he wants to use us in a big way, he also needs to adjust things in us. We need to be open to, to, to saying, God, whatever you want to happen, the things that you want to take out, take out, the things that you want to put in, put in. And then last week we talked even more about how uh, Elijah goes and after God works on him, after God prunes some things off of him and, and, and he uses him to do these crazy miracles, uh, like, like even raising a boy from the dead, he sends them back to Ahab, Elijah, or God sends Elijah back to Ahab, and he meets with Ahab, and he says, okay, we're going to have, we're gonna have a, 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 a dance-off or a duel or whatever you want to call it, where you get all your prophets together, and I'm going to do what God tells me to do, and we're going to build these altars, and whoever's God rains down fire first, that's who we know is the real true God. So it said that 400 prophets of these false gods came together and they cut themselves and they danced and they tried to get, get their God to bring down fire and nothing happened. And Elijah made fun of them and said, maybe your God's 
on the toilet. Still nothing happened. And so Elijah builds the altar and puts his sacrifice on it, and he says, dump gallons and gallons of water on this altar. And Elijah prays to God, and immediately fire from heaven comes down, burns up the sacrifice, burns up the wood, burns up the stones and the soil and the water around. And it's this huge show that God's saying, like, hey, I'm real. Hey, I'm, I'm making, I, I, want, I want to adjust your attention back to me. And so after this, we find out that, that Elijah has more of a message to tell Ahab, something else that he can use to help kind of con- convince him and change his thought. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41, it says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Now this is a big deal because they said that for like three years they hadn't had any rain whatsoever. It had been completely dry. They had gone through this hardship. But Elijah tells them, after, after God, he, God sends down this firestorm and burns up the altar, he goes over to the king, and he almost flexes on him a little bit. He said, he said why don't you go get yourself something to eat, get yourself something to drink, because the God that allowed that to happen is also going to allow this drought to be over. It's a reminder to me that for some of us, many times I feel like we we hold on to the promises of God or we, we believe it, but we, we get to the point where we've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and sometimes we've given up. Sometimes we've gotten to the point where like we, we think in the culture that we have now that, that everything shows up right away. We have instant gratification of, of whatever we want. You go to McDonald's, you get a hamburger. You go, you know, you can, you can, get, any, you can get Uber Eats brought to your house. You don't even have to go out anymore. But sometimes God's like, maybe I don't work in the same time that you do. So Elijah tells him, he said, I, I, I hear a mighty rainstorm come. This drought is about ready to be over. And it says so in, in verse 42, it says, so Ahab went to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. He bowed low to the ground and he prayed with his face between his knees. This, this position of face between your knees. I, I, want, I want you to think back to like maybe a time that you were in that same position. It was probably a, a time where you were distraught or things were very tough. That, 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 that position, almost, almost like a fetal position. And this is the way that Elijah is praying to God. Now as a pastor, I'm thinking about this and I'm like, Elijah literally just like had miracles happen. Like he raised a kid from the dead. He called down fire of God. Like this is, like when it comes to rain, like this doesn't seem like this would be such a big deal. But Elijah spends time and he fervently perseveres. He does something that would be uncomfortable, abnormal to to what his everyday life would be. He gets, climbs up this mountain and he gets into this position and just fervently pursues God. In verse 43, it says that he sent his servant. He said, go look towards the sea. And the servant went and looked and then returned to Elijah and said, I don't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go back and look. Elijah tells Ahab there's rain that's coming. He goes and he prays, starts praying to God fervently. And he, 
He sends his servant. He says, go see if anything's happening. Go look towards the sea. He's like, I don't see anything. That part in there, it says seven times Elijah told him to go and look. I feel like sometimes we get in our heads that, that we pray for something. We pray once or twice. We pray for the right job to open up. We pray for, for the, the, you know, the, the right listing to sell or something. We pray for our health. We pray for our family member that's just losing their mind or whatever it is. We pray for our finances, and, and we pray once or we pray twice, and we're like, well, nothing happened. Nothing, nothing changed. But here, this is Elijah, the, the prophet of God, who's, he has faith for sure. But he doesn't, he doesn't stop praying. He says, send him seven, seven times. Seven times. He said, go look and see if you see anything. In verse 44, it says, finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, he said, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Uh, uh, just, just, a little, just a little cloud the size, of, the size of a hand. I, I think one of the things you need to hear today for some of you is not to give up. That, that it's time in the midst of, maybe, maybe you've been going through a drought Maybe it's been one of those things that you've been like, you feel like, I've, I've been praying to get out of this. I've been praying to, that this, I have a breakthrough in this. And maybe what you need to hear is, don't stop. Just, just keep going. Don't, don't stop. Just keep going. Elijah hears from the servant that there's this little, just a little cloud coming up from coming up from the sea. And then it says this, it says, then Elijah shouted. At, at the very second, he saw something out. He shouted, he said, hurry to Ahab and tell him, he said, go climb in your chariot and go, uh, and go back home. He said, if you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. I, you know, I, one of the things that, uh, and this could be like my character coming out or the type of person person I am, but there's something about these times where I see these men of God or I see even, even Jesus kind of get a little bit of like an attitude, kind of gets a little bit of like, like there's some confidence behind him. Elijah tells his servants, he's like, go tell the king, he better, he better start heading home now because there's going to be so much rain here in a minute, he's not even going to be able to get home if he doesn't. That's the that's type of confidence that I think I, that I want to have when it comes to my faith. That's the confidence that I think God wants to see us have. It's one of those things that, like, when we start to see a move, even if it's just a little bit, we know, like, oh, something's coming. Something's, I'm, I'm telling you now, something's going something's gonna to change. In this story, we hear that he goes and tells Ahab, and all of a sudden the rains come, and the drought, the drought's over. Things start to grow again. People have water to drink. The livestock has something to drink. 
life becomes better. And, and as I'm reading the story, I'm thinking, like, this is the end. This is what we all, this is what we all hope for. We all hope that when it comes to the drought of our life, the things that we're dealing with, the, the struggles that we have, that we're going to get to the point where, where we have this breakthrough and God fixes it and we can celebrate. And, and, and that's what we want. But then we think, like, that's just the, that's the end of it. And so when I read this next part coming into First Kings of, of Elijah, it, it really concerned me. It was one of those things that was a warning to me. Not so much a warning, but maybe an awareness for us that, that even when we get through the breakthrough, even when we get the sense of rain in the midst of our drought, there's still got to be a constant faith, a constant pursuit of God. It says in the Bible that Ahab, the king, went home, and he got home, and he told his wife Jezebel about what had happened, about the fire that had come down and burned up the altar, and, and about the rain that had come now. But Jezebel, being so mad and evil, made a declaration because of what Elijah had done. She said that she was going to pursue him that day until he died. And in one day, we see Elijah go from praying fervently and having faith and confidence that God is going to show up and that rain's going to come. In verse, chapter 19, verse 3, it says, Elijah was afraid, and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, Beershak? I don't know. Kind of looks like he went to a bar. Um, Elijah was afraid, and he fled for his life. And he went to this town in Judah, and he left his servant there. This, all these things, like, line up to, like, some pretty serious despair. He's afraid. He runs for his life. He, he tells his servant to stay in a place, and he continues onward. So he's alone. He's afraid. He's trying to protect himself. It's a tough place to be. It's easy, it's easy I think, for, for things to go south when we get in that own place in our own lives. I, I think today one of the things that I want to warn you of is, is be careful. Be careful of the time in which after you have the breakthrough. Maybe you're in this time even right now where you feel this sense of despair. You feel worn out. You feel alone. You've gotten to a point where it's, it's hard not to be negative about things that are going on in your life. And it's easy to forget what God has done. That, my friend, is, is the building blocks for despair in your life. We see in verse 4 of chapter 19 that Elijah is very much in despair. He says, then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already, already died. 
You know, as I, as I read this, it was concerning because we've just seen Elijah do all these things, all these fantastic miracles. We've seen, he saw God move. And then he falls into this pit of despair. And, and I thought to myself, like, how is this something that we don't do our own selves? How do we keep our own selves from falling into this, this place of even after God has moved, getting to a point where we alienate ourselves and isolate ourselves and are stuck in our own heads? This, this getting into a season of, of depression. I think, I think what we got to do is, I think we got to do a couple of things. We would see in the Bible that that God would send an angel to Elijah and that he would allow him to seek some rest. I think one of the things I want to warn you about today is if you feel like you're at a point of despair in your life, to make sure that you focus on and understand that rest is a key part to how God created us. Specifically, he told the Israelites uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. And that one of those things is that we were supposed, it was supposed to be a day of rest. He himself, even in the story of creation, took a day of rest. And I think it was not because he was tired. It was not because he thought he needed it. But it was a communication to us that, like, for us to understand that rest is an important part of how you're supposed to recharge and recoup and get ready for what's next. So even today, as you spend time with your family, as you go home, I want to challenge you to take time to rest. Don't go jump on the lawn. The lawn, yeah, the lawn's got to get cut. Guess what? It can get cut tomorrow. There's things that got to get put together. Paperwork's got to get done, yeah. But I think ultimately for survival and for success, you've got to rest. Also, one of the things I think that helps us get through this time of despair or even defend us from getting to it is to remember what God's done, to take inventory. You know, Erica and I, um, when we first started Coastline, uh, us and our team, we started this cloud document of it was, uh, let's write down every time we see God show up. Every time that something happened that we knew, like, this wasn't because of planning this wasn't because we had, we had the right things together. It wasn't because we were smart. This wasn't because of hard work. This was because how God, this is God showing up. And every time I ever get to the point where I doubt it or I think that this is just something that has gotten to a point where I don't know what's next, I realize, man, God has worked this out the whole time. He showed up time and time and time again. And to read over those things recharges my faith. Remember what God's done in your life. Take inventory of it. Look back. And lastly, we see God comes to him and he says, Elijah, I'm not done with you. Elijah, you still have a purpose. Elijah is told about this guy named Elisha, and God tells Elijah, he said, I need you to go find this guy, Elisha, because you're going to pass the anointing that you have onto him. 
You want to know if God's not done with you yet? Or how to know? Because you're not dead. If, you, if you're not dead, God's not done. So if you're here today, you're like, man, I don't know, I don't know what the next step is for my life. I don't know, I don't, I don't know if I'm, what I'm in is right now or if I'm in wrong now or what. I want to tell you that God's got a purpose for you. God's got a plan, and God wants to help you through what you're going through. He wants to get you through the drought. And maybe what you're going through right now is just an opportunity for adjustment, to refocus. And today I want to leave you with this. We're not having the band come back up this morning. Uh, we're going to spend time connecting with one another in the breezeway and hanging out in a little bit. But I want to challenge you with this. One, if you're at a point where you feel like you've been in a drought, you've been in despair, I want you to not lose hope. Rain's coming. I know from my own experience that God shows up every time I've called on him, every time that I've needed him. I also know that when it comes to us getting in our own feelings and us dealing with our own emotions, one, God did not create us to do life alone. So get connected in community. Get support and help from people that love you and care about you. If you don't know who those people are, man, come find me. I'm, I'm going I'm to find those people for you. I'm going to be one of those people. Remember that God's got a plan. God's working out. And remember back to what God's already done in your life. And ultimately understand and know that you live life and have a purpose. And God wants to use you in a big way. Just like he used Elijah just like he's going to use Elisha. He wants to use you to help reach and love the people that only you can get connected to. I always tell people, man, I love our church. I love Coastline. I love what we do here on a weekend. We spend 70 minutes, uh, some of the time worshiping, some of the time fellowshipping, some of the time just learning and listening. I love that we get to do church together. But what's more impactful on the world that we live in is not the 70 minutes that we all come together. It's the time that we spend outside of these walls. It happens when we get in the car and we go home and we go to our jobs and when we talk to our neighbors, when we raise our family. Let God use you in those moments and be the church that he's called you to be. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, God, that you show up every time. God, I know that sometimes we get uh, frustrated and we get afraid. We're scared because we've been stuck in something for too long or we don't know which way is up. But ultimately, God, you do know. I know it says in your word that we can do all things through you that gives us strength. And so I pray that this morning, God, that we would connect and understand that even though we can't get through what we're getting through on our own, God, if we'll put our faith and trust in you, you'll allow us to not just get through it, to be, be successful on the other side of it. I thank you for the purpose that you've called us all to. God, I pray that you would charge us here this morning for the week to come. I thank you for the families that you've blessed us with.
And I pray that you would have your way above all else. As we put our faith and trust in you, we believe the best is still yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Coastline, I want to challenge you uh, with a couple things. One is spend some time here this morning connecting with one another. we got a great breezeway out front. Uh, grab a cup of coffee and finish up whatever. I think there's some banana bread in the back. Hang out with one another. Lastly, I also want to tell you that next week I'm starting a brand new collection of talks. I'm really excited about it. Preston, do we have a graphic for it? There it is. It's called Push, uh, Life Outside of Comfortable. Uh, and I'm talking about how, like, uh, you know, we live in a, a culture right now where everything is about comfortable and what's ease. And I think God's trying to get us to push beyond that into something that's really amazing. So you guys want to come back this next week. We start for the next three weeks, a uh, series called Push. Feel free to bring a friend, invite someone to come with you. I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, spend some time with family and loving on each other. And we'll see you guys next week. Love you guys. Talk to you later. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.